Hello, welcome to the Proskauer Brief, Hot Topics on Labor and Employment Law. I'm Harris Mufson. On today's episode, I'm joined by Shelley Jives, and we're going to talk about background checks. Shelley, you ready? Yep. Okay. So can you talk a little bit about the main laws governing background checks for employers? Sure. So there are really a few different bodies of law that employers should be thinking about when conducting pre-employment background checks on candidates for employment. First is the Federal Fair Credit Reporting Act, which I'll refer to as FECRA, and the state mini-FECRAs, which are analogs to that law. And what FECRA really does, it's more of a, um, a procedural requirement as opposed to substantive limitations. And it really dictates the disclosure and authorization that you need to have in advance of conducting a background check. And then it also prescribes a process that needs to be undertaken if you're going to take adverse action on the basis of information obtained from a background check. And where do employers obtain the forms, the requisite forms that are required under the under FICRA? So there's a number of ways to do it. I mean, they could create their own, but most background screening vendors will have forms that employers can use as a starting point. We at Proskauer also have forms that employers can use. Often, as I said, the background screening vendors will have forms that will be preloaded into their online system, though we do still recommend that employers take a look at those, understand what's in those, and make sure that their legal counsel reviews them to make sure that they're comfortable that they are compliant with FECRA and with the various state analogs, largely because in our experience, even if the vendor does provide the forms, the employer remains liable for any defects in the form. So the employer is still liable for providing a compliant form to a candidate, getting the requisite authorization, et cetera. And so you want to make sure that even if the vendor has provided the forms, that you're comfortable that they are compliant. So in addition to FICRA and the mini FICRA laws that that govern employers, can you talk a little bit about the ban the box laws that have been enacted around the country? Sure. So ban the box laws and other restrictions on criminal background checks are a very hot topic in the background check area um, over the last several years. There is an increasing number of states and localities that have enacted these types of laws. And ban the box derives from the box that used to very often appear on an employment application that would say, you know, check here if you have a criminal background. And so the goal of these laws is to delay the point in the application process at which an employer can ask a candidate about his or her criminal background with the goal of having employers get to know a candidate's merits and skills and qualifications first before it takes into account criminal background information that, you know, that may be a demerit, if you will. In some cases, you know, you can ask about criminal background under these laws as soon as the first interview or, you know, at some point, you know, kind of immediately after the application. But the most stringent laws, which I think are becoming increasingly common, don't allow you to inquire about or consider a candidate's criminal background until after they've received a conditional offer of employment. So that's the case in New York City, for example. That's the case in Los Angeles, California as a state has recently enacted a ban the box law that, that requires delaying that inquiry until post-conditional offer as well. And then can you talk a little bit about if an employer has a circumstance where, and say they're in New York City, where they're one of the, the jurisdictions where there are particularly stringent requirements um, concerning criminal background checks. If an employer has a concern about a criminal background check post-offer and is considering 
uh, revoking the offer based on the results of that criminal background check? What's the sort of analysis that needs to take place? Right. So under FECRA, anytime that you are considering taking adverse employment action on the basis of any kind of background check, you need to send what's referred to as a pre-adverse action notice that lets the person know I'm considering taking information at least partially based on information contained in this background check report, provides a copy of the report and gives them a reasonable period of time to respond. So that's kind of the federal law requirement applies no matter what. In New York, additionally, if that adverse action or proposed adverse action revocation of the offer, as you said, is based on a candidate's criminal background, then you also have to do what's referred to as an Article 23A analysis under the New York State Correction Law, which basically requires you to take into account factors like the nature of the position or the job that the person's applying for, the nature and seriousness of the offense, how long ago the offense occurred, the person's age at the time of the offense, you know, relevant evidence of rehabilitation, and basically to take all of those factors into account to determine, make a determination as to whether there is a relationship between the conviction and the specific position that's being sought, or if the convictions are such that the hiring the person would present an unreasonable risk to people or property. And so that's been a requirement for a long time under New York state law. But back in 2015, New York City additionally enacted the Fair Chance Act, which is a ban the box law, that requires that you conduct that analysis, but then you put it in writing and you give it to the candidate and give them an opportunity to respond and provide additional information. And it's a reasonable period of time. The statute says that that can be no less than three days, although we typically recommend to also comply with the FECRA reasonable period of time, giving at least a week for a candidate to provide additional information. And that could be one of two things. It could be information showing that this is a case of mistaken identity, and in fact, this conviction that you've uncovered is not this person's. But it could also be additional evidence of rehabilitation. So people may submit references from prior employers, references perhaps from a parole officer or um, or someone along those lines to you know try to tip the scales. In New York City, you have to hold the job open for that period of time and then consider any additional information before making a final decision whether to move forward with confirming the offer or revoking it. One thing that's sort of interesting, Los Angeles, subsequent to New York City, passed its own ban the box law with similar requirements. So you have to do a similar individualized assessment and they actually require that if the candidate does provide additional information that you have to do the written assessment again. So you have to provide that a second time if you're still considering moving forward with the revocation to show that you've taken that additional information into account and still reach the same conclusion that the offer should be revoked. So in addition to FICRA and the ban the box laws, I think the third area in terms of background checks 
are uh, credit check laws. And can you talk a little bit about those? Sure. So you're right. Credit check bans are also becoming increasingly common. These typically provide that employers are prohibited from conducting credit checks. So looking at a person's credit accounts, debts, bankruptcy history, things along those lines for employment purposes, unless some sort of specific exception applies. So these sometimes have been enacted on a state level, sometimes on a city level. New York City has one of these laws that was passed and came into effect around the same time as the Fair Chance Act. And effectively, the exceptions, they vary by location, but you know, always if a credit check is required by some other law, federal law or state law or regulation, then a credit check can obviously be conducted in accordance with these laws. That typically will only be the case for financial industry employers that may be required for certain regulated positions to inquire about a person's bankruptcy history or things along those lines. But then there's also exceptions for people who have uh, signatory authority over large large sums of money, either of the employer or of their clients. In California, for example, um, most managerial positions can be subject to a credit check, although New York City is more restrictive and doesn't have of a general ban for managers. So it's really a location by location and position by position analysis to figure out whether a credit check is possible for employment purposes. And if an employer is looking to have a single approach throughout the country, then I would say you'd want to look to the New York City law, which we've found to be the most restrictive um, in terms of the exceptions and, and kind of that that would be the high watermark that you'd want to follow. So thank you, Shelley, for touching on all the applicable laws concerning background checks. And thank you for all of our listeners joining us on the Proskow Brief today. Stay tuned for more insights on the latest hot topics in labor and employment law, and be sure to follow us on iTunes.